grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. From um, no other place but Yellowstone are you going to see that. Um, I'm just sitting here, was going to work on prepping a sermon, and they said the wildlife were active, but uh, I don't think I realized quite how active. I'm about, uh, oh, I don't know, 15, 20 yards away from some pretty huge, amazing creatures. But let's go ahead and try to do this anyway, um, and we're going to trust the Lord because me moving is probably not the wisest thing at the moment anyway. We'll just kind of hang out together. <laughs> I'm going to share from Acts chapter 1, and uh, let's pray. <laughs> Father, we thank you for these amazing uh, creatures that are around me now, and it's a beautiful, beautiful park, and um, it is an awesome place to be, and uh, I pray that you will... Um, yeah, there's some more. I pray that, I'll pray with my eyes open today. I pray that uh, you will bless each one of these creatures as they're yours. And the whole earth belongs to you, God. And I pray that um, you'll bless my family as they explore and bless, as they reflect, bless us as we reflect in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. God's creation is marvelous, isn't it? The Ruach that um, hovered over the waters, the Spirit of God, their creation, the wind sound that I hear through the trees right now, the sounds of these magnificent creatures to my left, um, all gods, all started with the spirit hovering over creation, with words spoken. There is a magnificence about God's creation. You can see the power above the surface. We know here in Yellowstone, there's also power below the surface. And in fact, um, it's debated whether that power is going to erupt anytime soon in that mega volcano they talk about. Some say it could, some say maybe not, some say we don't know, some say it will. Uh, but let me tell you where the, where the real power is. As powerful as that is, uh, there's a greater power. It's the power that Jesus tells his disciples to wait on. So he rises, meets with them. And we know from uh, uh, the writer of Luke and Acts uh, that he gives a detailed account of, uh, you know, how that all plays out. And then uh, he describes uh, the scene where Jesus and the disciples meet up. And they say to him, Lord, is this the time? Where you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel. And he says, It is not for you to know the dates or the times my father has set, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses uh, from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to all the ends of the earth. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, come now as only you can. And I pray the words of my mouth. Meditations of all of our hearts would be pure and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, as I pray with my eyes open. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Power. Power. I'll admit, when I saw those those uh, bison come behind me, I was stunned. I did not expect that. And uh, you can feel the strength of the herd walking by. It leaves you to want to talk softly. I wonder if they were talking softly when Jesus was risen. That same uh, sense of power, um, but a million times more.
Or I wonder if they were arguing about what this meant. If they, in fact, had voices raised, if they were, if they were going, what does this mean? What does this mean for Israel? Well, he settles that right away. Because when, when they come to him and they ask him, they talk to him and they ask him and they say, is this the time where you're going to restore Israel? They're thinking in terms of their immediate situation and the, the, the challenges of it. And they want to resolve the political tensions and the issues among them right now. They think that's what this means. They conceive of God's uh, resurrection in those kind of earthly terms. What does Jesus do with that? He says, it's not for you to know when I'm going to restore the kingdom. So he he resets their direction. He flips their entire script, really, from a, from a nationalistic, um, more earthly perspective, from a perspective of shoring up their own power and their own influence and their own um, kind of victory in the culture wars as they're, what they're in, right, as, as of their own that they're facing. And instead, he says, you will be my witnesses. Not necessarily cultural winners, you know, but you will be my witnesses. And we know from the church's, church's history that there's wins and losses that come with being witnesses to Jesus. Sometimes you win ground with the culture, sometimes you lose ground with the culture. But the point is to witness faithfully Christ. And But before we get to the witness part, what does he tell them? He says, don't focus on the times or dates or, or, the, or the, the establishment of, of earthly power. But he says, he gives them a promise. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. I think of these small guys just behind me or the power of that herd of buffalo that walked behind me suddenly as I was reflecting the sermon, on the sermon here or um, this mega volcano under uh, Yellowstone. Power. Awesome. But there's more. There's even more. The real power power that all of earth's power at its best can only point to is the Holy Spirit's power. Dunamis, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in you. Not when you, you know, win this battle or win that battle or reassert yourself in, in, the, in the realm in which you're thinking against the Romans and defeat them like the, like the Israelites had. Understandably at the time, they were tired of being under the foot of Rome. And he doesn't, he doesn't rebuke or, or, you know, body slam their expectations. He just refocuses them. He says, you know, you'll be my witnesses. And of course, that's going to have implications in every area of life. But he says, you'll receive power to do that. So he doesn't, he doesn't just give them a mission without giving them the power. But he starts by refocusing their whole argument on the power that leads to the mission. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. So power equals witness. And then what he does is he takes that witness far beyond simply Israel. Israel was chosen in Genesis from uh, Abraham, blessed so that what? All the nations will be blessed. And here we see that. 
you will receive power to be my witnesses for what? For all the nations, everybody. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then what? To the ends of the earth. That's the whole picture. That's where he refocuses them. He says, I've, I've, got a, I've got a whole new way for you to think about this. This is not just an enterprise focused on one place and one time, one country, one setting. No, you've been raised up to be a blessing of the nations. So let's start with the power. You will receive power. It's so important to remember where the power is. It's in the Holy Spirit. And that's portable. The Holy Spirit is portable. It goes with you anywhere. We, I have just got an iPhone 12, and I was saying to Jill on the way up here, I took, I took a picture of my iPhone 12 while listening to music from my iPhone 12 on our Bluetooth in the car. I said, it's astonishing what these devices do now, right? For better, for worse. There's good things about it. There's bad things about it, like everything in life. Think about that power and how impressive it is. How much more? It's great to have these devices with us in the middle of Yellowstone. How much more? And we have the Holy Spirit with us anywhere. Anywhere you go. The Holy Spirit that helped me be calm just a bit ago as those buffalo <laughs> ran past me instead of running across the way there in total fear. Um, the Holy Spirit's always with us. And the fruits of the Spirit, what are they from Galatians? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Those are our marching orders in the culture wars, right? Not that we as Christians don't take stands and, and, and shouldn't challenge people, but the power that enables that witness generates not a warrior, a conquer spirit, but a love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control spirit that in its own way does conquer us and conquer the world for Christ, but a different kind of way. So we have to know what the power is. And it is power. And it is a power the world is desperate for. Desperate for. That's where the power is. And there's all kinds of ways to be uh, uh, fooled into other sorts of power that have their place, but it can only be secondary. They can never be primary, right? They're um, uh, temporal, they're penultimate, they're not ultimate, right? They have their place, but you, you cannot um, uh, simply conquer by, or simply uh, convert people by conquering them and forcing them. You have to win their hearts. That's the kind of work of the Holy Spirit. So the power comes when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The power, you will receive power the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and that kind of power is a holy, unique kind of power that, oh, as I hear the rushing wind of the Ruach reminding me of creation, may the wind of God rush through us from wherever we sit. And whatever shows up behind us, we don't expect it, that we may be calm and respond out of the Spirit of God, not of our own, not of our own spirit or fears or anger toward our culture so desperate for what God offers. So the Holy Spirit brings the power. Uh, Secondly, what's the point of the power? You will be my witnesses. We are witnesses to Jesus Christ. That's it. That's the core. Now, heaven knows there are 150 million ways that that can look. What was he about? What do we witness? We talk about his forgiveness, his grace, his, uh, his um, confronting um, oppressive institutions like the like even religious ones when they hurt people, his feeding people, his confronting demons and, and evil in people, um, 
his um, crossing boundaries, uh, like with the Samaritan women and like with the tax collector who was kind of like a white collar criminal of the day, like a Bernie Madoff or something that said, let me come to your house for dinner. You know, or he took the well uh, water from the Samaritan woman. These were boundaries that he, he crossed over in love to show God's again, God's love for the nations. We're going to get to that in a second. But we're witnessing that to the world. So we have power to witness Jesus in all his many facets of who he was to a world so desperate for him. Who is Jesus? Find us. We've got to know the story to know who he is, right? And they never get, never get tired of hearing about who Jesus was, what he did, the way he walked, who he rolled with. It had to be really exciting. Just read about him and you will be blown away. And the world needs to see more of that. The world needs to see more of Jesus. I remember I had a Bible study in, uh, at Seattle Central Community College with a um, gay witch who came to our studies and was uh, captivated by the person of Jesus Christ. And we made a deal that he was part of the pagan club, a pagan circle on campus. So we made a deal and we said, all right, you come to our Bible study. We'll come to your, your pagan circle and watch one of your movies. I took a friend with me. Anyway, but he came to our Bible study and he was captivated by Jesus. Now, he did not drop the knee and cry holy on the moment, did not, you know, convert. But he was captivated by Jesus. Captivation is the first step of conversion. All right, we'll start there. Let's, let's be people who witness Jesus in a way that leads people captivated by him. He's a captivating guy. Someone said the gospel doesn't need to so much be uh, defended as, needs, as it needs to be unleashed. So let Jesus be unleashed in your life in all the facets of who he is. A rich, kaleidoscopic, mind-blowing Jesus. So we receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we are his witnesses Witnesses to Jesus in all his magnificence. And then third, the third point, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So right where you live, um, right in your region, the place in your community, so that's Jerusalem, Judea, the place in your community like Samaria where you're not supposed to go, and then lastly, to the, to the whole wide world. You know, you can be a witness to Jesus in ways that you don't even think about to your children, just by your actions, um, not always by how much Bible knowledge you have. In fact, it probably is more important in your actions, although Bible knowledge is, is important. It's essential. But, but we're all growing in, in, in what we know and how we know and how we learn. How you act, how you behave, how you love, um, embodying the grace of God, that's Jerusalem. That's your home turf with your children, with your family, with your spouse, with your parents. Um, with your coworkers, um, that's that's Jerusalem, your home turf, Judea, your region, your community, your neighborhood, beyond your neighborhood, even to the city you're in or the, the place you're in. We think of Mukilteo Everett. How can we be witnesses to Mukilteo Everett as Boeing exits out? And we've already talked with some of your people about that. What an exciting opportunity to witness all of who Jesus is and the power of the Holy Spirit to people in transitions of jobs. Oh, I'm sure the, the, we can tap the vast creativity and excellence that resides in, in uh, Mukilteo Presbyterian Church's community to be his witnesses and to share his good news with those in that transition in our region. And then Samaria. Who are you not supposed to connect with? Um, who are the people, if you will, quote-unquote, not supposed to? Who 
uh, are you tended, who, who do you tend to uh, not mix with? And let the Spirit prompt you and challenge you to meet and mix with people who other people might be surprised to see you be with. And let that be a witness to the inclusive salvation of God, God's inclusive heart to include everybody in his salvation for repentance and forgiveness and renewal. God's all-inclusive in that in his heart. You see that in his heart for Samaria and at the ends of the earth. To touch the earth, we now live in a globally connected world where you can you can be aware of what's going on everywhere in through uh, the internet and um, uh, Facebook. Where's God tugging you uh, to pay attention in particular to pains and struggles in the <clears throat> whole wide world around you to the ends of the earth and for all of us to be attentive to how we can contribute to that um, in, uh, in all the resources that we have to share. So we are to be, uh, not to be so caught up in uh, w- winning uh, this battle or that in the culture. That has its place, but the first place is to remember um, as we struggle with those things in the culture, to let him ground us once again in uh, the words of Acts 1 through 11 that we focused on here, that uh, it's, not, it's not our time to know uh, when we're going to win, but it's for us to uh, uh, wait to receive uh, power to be his witnesses. Where? For Jerusalem? Judea? Samaria? And the ends of the earth? Holy Spirit's portable. Seek him wherever you are, particularly residing in the word of God and the people of God. Jesus is the focus. Look to him and let his story in his life wash over you regularly that you have, so that we have things to share with people who will be blown away by it. And then think about the concentric circles of your life, your immediate family, your friends, your colleagues, your region, the people who your your people would be surprised to know that you know, and then the whole wide world who God loves, the God's big old uh, heart, the bigness of God's heart in our love for people. May it be so for you and for me in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. From Yellowstone National Park, the buffalo have moved on.